Hey, Woodlands Church, how you guys doing today? Pretty good? Yeah. I, I want to know, have you ever searched your family history? How many of you guys have gone to Ancestry.com or, or one of those websites and you've searched for your family history? How many of you have taken one of those DNA tests and, and traced back your roots uh, as best you can? It's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, you'll find some great things and some sketchy things, that's for sure. Now, my wife's family history is pretty easy to trace because her great-great-grandfather, Sven Nelson, came from a little village outside of Malmo, Sweden. And so you can just trace hers right back there to Sweden. She is my Swedish beauty. Um, and um, yeah, she is amazing, that's for sure. And my family history, on the other hand, takes some twists and turns along the way, you know? Uh, it starts off really good because Johann Sebastian Schuck uh, came to America in 1736 from a little village on the border of Germany and France. And he left there because of religious persecution. So he came to America wanting freedom of religion to worship God freely for his family. So it starts off really good, but then a few generations down, um, you find my great-great-great-grandfather Solomon Shook and his brother Noah, my great-great-great-uncle Noah Shook, and, and they grow up in Mississippi, in a small town in Mississippi, and Noah Shook becomes famous in that town because he is the saloon owner of the town. He's running the town saloon, representing the Shook name, and I actually read where he was also famous because he had a bear, a circus bear that he had trained to actually go pick up firewood for him. And then he had trained the bear to wrestle and so he would challenge people to wrestle the bear. If you beat the bear, you got 10 bucks and no one ever beat the bear. A lot of people got mauled by the bear. Um, so I call those the sketchy years. Those are kind of the sketchy years. And then it brightens up a lot again. Um, but everyone's family history takes some twists and turns, has some ups and downs, and that's just the way it is with our lives. But your family history doesn't determine your story. And the past pain in your life doesn't determine your future. Your history doesn't determine your destiny. And we're in this series we're calling The Story of You, and it's all about how God can redeem your past and rewrite your story. And today we're gonna look at a book we don't often turn to, First Chronicles in the Old Testament. And we see in First Chronicles that the first nine chapters is just the family history of the Hebrews. It's the genealogy of the Hebrews. It's their family history, and it's just name after boring name that you can't really pronounce. And I wouldn't recommend it for your quiet time and your devotional to get a lot of inspiration. It's just name after name of the family history of the Hebrews. This genealogy that's listed, you can't pronounce most of the names. You just name after name after name. But 44 names into the family history, this guy Jabez comes into the story, and it points out that he is remarkable, and he prays this remarkable prayer, and it talks about him. He's highlighted, but then right after Jabez, it goes back to name after boring name, continuing the genealogy. 
So why is Jabez highlighted in history? Let's find out. First Chronicles chapter four, beginning with verse nine is our key passage. So would you stand in honor of God's word? And I wanna welcome all of you worshiping with us at our satellite campuses at Woodland Church Atascacita, Woodland Church North Point, here in the Woodlands, our Woodlands campus, and all you guys worshiping with us online. Um, I know there's so many of you online right now connecting with us from all over the world, and we're one church, and we gotta stay connected during this time. Because as we stay connected in the body of Christ, then God's power can flow through us. And we need each and every one of you connected to make a difference during these times. And so just follow along with me. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Dear God, I thank you that our history doesn't determine our future and our past pain doesn't write the last word. And I know today there's so many who are going through pain. Maybe it's physical pain or emotional pain or, or relational pain, financial pain. There are many who are going through pain, Lord, but I pray that you would just help them see right now that you have a great blessing for them, that there's an amazing blessing hidden in the hurt. There's an amazing blessing, Lord, and you want to write the rest of the story so pain doesn't have the last word. And I pray, Lord, that you just let people know right now that you're right with them, that you know what they're going through, that you got them covered. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. Now, this name, Jabez, is one of the strangest names in all of Scripture. Jabez' name literally means, in the Hebrew, painful or misery. That's what his name meant. Now, Jabez's mom apparently didn't go online to find one of the popular baby name sites for that year. I mean, she picked the name painful. Can you imagine that? Now, I've heard of some really weird names. Some parents, strange parents, give their kids some really weird names. I, I heard about a girl whose last name was Lear, and her parents gave her the first name of Crystal, the middle name of Shanda, so her name was Crystal Chandelier. True story, sad but true. I heard about a, a girl whose name was Smith, and her parents gave her the name Mary, and the middle name Chris, so it was Mary Christmas. True. Sad, sad, but true. But, I mean, there's some weird names out there, but, I mean, this name takes the cake. Painful. Can you imagine the ridicule that this guy went through as he was growing up? It's like, here comes painful. Boy, he's painful to be around. What a pain, you know? I mean, can you imagine that? Now, why would Jabez's mother name him painful? Why would she give him such a strange name? Well, maybe it was the a traumatic childbirth, going through that labor experience. But, uh, but I don't think that would cause you to name your child painful because, I mean, every woman had to have gone through some extreme pain during childbirth during that time because there were no epidurals. You know, there's there no pain relief. Not that I, I'm 
qualified to be an expert on the pain of childbirth, but uh, I'm just pointing that out. Carol Burnett, the comedian, uh, once tried to help men understand the pain of childbirth. She says, you guys just don't get it, but, but here's what you do. If you'll just take your bottom lip and pinch it really hard and then pull it over your head, then you'll get a, just a little glimpse. So I'm not qualified to talk about the pain of childbirth, but I have to believe that you know, there was something unusual going on here. Maybe it was emotional pain. Maybe the father had abandoned the mother and child during pregnancy. Or, or maybe the father had died and they were grieving the pain of loss. Or, or maybe there was a family financial crisis and one more mouth to feed was painful to even think about. But for whatever the reason, Jabez's life story got off to a really rough start because in Bible times, a name was given to a child to determine their future. A name was given to a child to determine their story, to write their story because a parent would give a child a name in hopes that that child would grow up to fulfill the meaning of that name. So with a name like painful, Jabez's story didn't look very promising. He started out really painful, but that's not where it ended. Jabez's story is a comeback story. It's one of the greatest comeback stories of all time because he didn't let his history become his story. He doesn't let his pain write the last chapter. He goes from great pain to great gain. He goes from tragedy to triumph. How? He prays a one-sentence prayer that flips the script. He prays a one-sentence prayer that changes his whole life story and doesn't let pain get the last word. And I want us to look at that simple one-sentence prayer today because I think it's really important to pray these four things that are contained in this one-sentence prayer when you're going through pain. And, and it's not natural to pray this prayer. It's supernatural. It kind of goes against the grain when we're going through pain. But God wants you to ask for these four things when you're going through a difficult and painful chapter of your life. The first one is ask God for gain, because there's always gain in the pain. In 1 Chronicles 4.10, the first part of the prayer, it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, Bruce Wilkinson, in his book, The Prayer of Jabez, says that, of course, this was a prayer that God loved because he granted his request. And so God loves this prayer. It's a powerful spiritual prayer, but when you think of powerful spiritual prayers, usually you think of prayers like, God bless all the Christian leaders in the world today in these critical times, or, or God bless all the hurting people, or God bring world peace. We need it so desperately. But what does he pray? He prays first and foremost for God to bless him. Sounds really selfish, doesn't it? But it's not at all. God loved that prayer. In fact, the word indeed in the Hebrew literally means a lot. He's saying, God, bless me a lot. And God loved that prayer. Now, is it okay for you to pray, God, bless me a lot? Yes. It's not a selfish prayer at all. For you see, he wasn't asking for what he could do. He was asking for what only God could give, God's favor. 
God's strength. In fact, the word blessing means God's special favor. So he was asking for what only God could give because he realized he needed what only God could give. And he asked God to bless him a lot because he was saying, God, I need a lot of blessing. I, I'm desperate. And God, maybe someone else needs a little bit of blessing, but man, I need a lot of blessing or I can't make it in this life because my life has started out so painful and so difficult. I need you desperately. And God loves it when his kids are desperate for him. God loves it when his kids ask for his blessing and say, God, I need you to bless me a lot. And we're blessed to be a blessing. It's not a selfish prayer. If it's prayed the way Jabez prayed the prayer, God, bless me a lot because I need you desperately during these desperate times. He prays first and foremost for God to bless him so that he can be a blessing. And so we ask God for gain. In Proverbs 10, it says, the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. You see, God's blessing is just a gift of his grace. And so God's hand of favor it is so powerful and so important in our lives. We can't live without it as Christ followers. And when I pray, God bless me a lot, I need your hand of favor on my life. I need your strength in my life. I need your blessings. I need you to give me whatever it is that you want to give me. I want to be looking to receive those things. And one of the reasons God wants us to pray for his blessings when we're going through pain, so we'll be looking for the hidden miracle in the mess. We'll be looking for the hidden miracle in the hurt that we're going through because usually when we're going through pain, we have our head down, we get real inward, fear comes in and, and we try to batten down the hatches and, and we try to you know, go inward. But God says, I want you to look up and see what I wanna do. And maybe you're going through the pain of illness, physical pain. Maybe you've been flat on your back. Maybe you just got out of the hospital. Maybe it's chronic pain that you're dealing with. It's almost debilitating. Or maybe it's the personal pain of a financial setback or a loss of a job. Or maybe it's the deep emotional pain of losing a loved one. Or maybe it's the pain of betrayal. You've gone through the pain of divorce. All pain whatever kind of pain it is, contains special properties. For you see, there is miracle material in every painful chapter of your life. We just need to ask God for his blessings because when we do that, it opens our eyes to look for the blessings. God has so many things he wants to give us in the middle of the pain that will bring about great gain, but many times we miss it because we're not praying for it. We're not looking for it. We don't look for gain in the pain. We don't look for the blessing. We just feel the burden. You see, pain always is transformational. Pain never leaves you where it finds you. Pain changes us. And pain directs us in new directions. And we've got to be looking for that. Whenever we're going through pain, a lot of times we think it's God punishing us. And sometimes when I take a wrong direction and I try to do something without God and his strength, when I do what I want rather than what God wants, yeah, it's painful. And it's in his love that he allows that pain to turn me back around to him. But sometimes God just allows pain into our lives and we don't understand it. We don't know why and what do we do? We think that he's punishing us and 
we don't understand and we ask the question, why? Why, God? I've asked it so many times when I'm going through pain. God, why are you allowing this in my life? I don't get it, it doesn't make any sense. God, why? But that question is never productive. The question I need to ask when I'm going through pain is, God, where is this pain pointing me? Where is this pain pointing me? Because pain always points you to a blessing. And so God is trying to point me in the direction of the blessing that's coming my way when I'm going through pain and difficulty. And if I'm not praying, God, bless me a lot. I need your blessing during this time. I hold my head up because I'm looking for what you want to do. So where is this pain pointing me? Sometimes it's where is this pain pushing me? Where is this pain shoving me out of my comfort zone and into your blessing? But it opens my eyes to watch for God's blessing because pain always redirects you. It's transformational. It never leaves you where it finds you. And right now, some of you are going through a lot of pain, but God is saying to you, the blessing is on its way. And you would never find that blessing if it weren't for the pain. You would never make that change except for the pain. And so be looking for the blessing. Be praying for the blessing. Admit that you need God's blessing a lot, just like Jabez did. God bless me indeed. Bless me a lot. You know, first the pain points you to the greatest blessing, God. He's the greatest blessing. I mean, nothing takes the place of God working in your life. I mean, God's blessing is the greatest blessing and your work can add nothing to it, that scripture said. I mean, there's nothing like the feeling of knowing that God's got your number. He knows where you're at. He's answering your prayers. He sees you in your pain. He's bringing the blessing you need at just the right time. The greatest blessing is God's presence, not the presence that he wraps up and gives to us that are so wonderful, but it's just being with God and knowing that he's right there with you and that you have a relationship with the creator of the universe. That's the greatest blessing of all that money can't buy, that nothing can replace. So first and foremost, it points you to God. Now Jabez's life was painful. It looks like his story has been written because of his name. But he had heard stories of what God had done in the past, the miracles that God had done as he had parted the Red Sea and the people had walked through on dry land, as he had sent plagues to the Egyptians and, and broke the Israelites out of slavery. He had read about all the miracles that God had done in the wilderness, and so he thought, I've got nothing to lose. And my life is on a painful trajectory and so he just goes for this huge prayer. God bless me a lot, and God loves the prayer. God wants you to pray that prayer today. God bless me a lot. I open my eyes and I open my arms to receive all that you have for me. I want what you want for me. So point me through this pain to the blessings that you have for me that I would never open my eyes to otherwise. So Jabez turns to the Lord God, and he experiences God in his life. In James 4, 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. So what is it that you do not have today because you haven't prayed about it, you haven't asked God about it? God wants you to ask him. When you're going through a painful chapter of your life, ask for God's blessing, ask for God's provision, ask for God's strength, and ask for God to open up your eyes to see where the blessing's coming from. Because those painful moments, those painful chapters that we would never write ourselves, 
that we would never want anyone to write for us, those painful chapters that we all go through. When we look back several chapters later, we usually see that was the turning point of the whole story. If it weren't for that painful chapter, I wouldn't be in my purpose today. If it weren't for that crisis, I would have never found my calling. It's the painful chapters that get us to where God wants us to be, to experience his greatest blessings in our lives. It's just really hard to see at the time. That's when we've gotta pray, God, open my eyes to see your blessing and to receive your blessing and to be ready for your blessing. Will you pray that prayer this week? Oh God, bless me a lot. And then open your eyes to see the blessing in the middle of the pain. The blessing is just around the bend. God has that blessing coming for you. Sometimes it's just hard to see in the middle of the pain. After World War II, Truett Cathy and his brother started a little restaurant in Georgia. It was really a diner, and it just never got off the ground. I mean, they never could get out of the red. It was just struggling along, and then tragedy struck. Truett Cathy's brother was killed in a plane crash, and it was just devastating to him. And right after that, the little diner burned to the ground. And right after that, he experienced a major health crisis. He had a major surgery, was in the hospital, in bed for two months straight, almost at death's door. Seemed like everything was painful, just a huge painful chapter in his life, but it was there in that hospital bed where he prayed, God, give me a new direction in my life. Give me a new direction in my business. God, give me a new direction. Point me to your purpose. And he said it was there in that hospital bed that God gave him the idea of putting chicken on a bun. That's a divine idea. And Chick-fil-A was born. He said his kids were so grateful that he was in the hospital bed for two months. So they didn't inherit that diner. And of course, we're so grateful for Chick-fil-A, except on Sunday, and you've done it. You've driven up on Sunday, haven't you? And it's like, oh, you're so excited. You're so proud of them. Oh, they make this, you know, they, they have a great stand for God. They don't work on Sunday. It's so good until you drive up there on Sunday and you forget. Then you get frustrated. I hope you don't cuss them, but I, you get frustrated. I know, I know you do. Don't lie in church. But yes, we're so grateful. They're not open on Sunday. That's awesome. Well, the first thing you wanna do is you wanna ask God for gain because God has gain in the pain. But then there's a second part of this one sentence prayer, ask God for growth. Ask God for growth. In 1 Chronicles 4.10, he says, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. So the second part of the prayer, he's asking God to enlarge his boundaries, his territory. That's asking God for more influence, more opportunity, more responsibility, for expansion, for growth. He's asking God for growth and that's, what we need to do in the difficult chapters of our life. Ask God for growth. If Jabez had been a business owner, he would have prayed, God, expand my business so I can have more influence for you, to make a greater difference for you, to be a greater influence for the people that I work with and who work for me. If Jabez had been a parent, he would have prayed, God, expand the influence of my kids as they grow up, help them have a big vision for their life that only you can fulfill. Praying for God to expand, to grow my character, to grow my life, to grow me in my career, to grow me in my family. All those things are so important. 
And the reason we're to pray that during times of pain and difficulty is because when we're going through pain, we usually get inward because of fear. We usually go inward and we don't think expansion. We don't think of looking out to others to meet the needs of others because we think, I've got so many needs of my own, I can't meet them. And and we get really inward and it keeps us from receiving God's blessing. So when we pray, God, expand my territory, enlarge my territory, enlarge my sphere of influence to make a bigger difference for you. Basically what we're praying is, God, expand my influence and opportunities so I can touch more lives for your glory. That's what you're praying. And God loves that prayer because it opens our eyes to what he wants to do. But usually during times of difficulty and pain, we wanna batten down the hatches, we wanna close in. We're not thinking expansion, we're not thinking growth, but there's always growth in the pain if we don't let fear take hold. The classic story of fear in the Old Testament is the children of Israel as God led them out of Egypt and slavery and he led them toward the promised land and they're going through the wilderness. It's only a two-week walk from Israel to Egypt, but it takes them 40 years. Why? Well, it says in Deuteronomy 1.28, they said, what are we getting into? Our brothers who spied out the land have frightened us with their report. They say that the people of the land are tall and powerful and that the walls of their cities rise high into the sky. And they have even seen giants there. So they had enough faith to move out of Egypt, but they didn't have enough faith to move into the promised land. And that's what fear does to you. It keeps you stuck in the wilderness. It keeps you stuck in the desert of life. It keeps you stuck with your head down, looking inward at your pain and your problems and your difficulties, rather than lifting your head up as a child of God and asking God to expand your opportunities and your influence and your responsibility to make a difference in more lives, even during the pain. And Satan hates that. He wants the pain to bring fear to where you think you can't make a difference in anyone else's life because you're experiencing pain and you're going through a painful chapter. But the chapter is not really a painful chapter, it's an opportunity chapter. The greatest pain you're going through right now is really the greatest opportunity for God to work in your life. The greatest problem you're going through right now is really a brilliantly disguised opportunity that God has for you. And when you pray, God, expand my territory. God, expand my influence to make a difference for you. And you pray for growth, it opens your eyes to see what God wants to do in your life. And it expels fear because you're moving against fear and you're moving in faith. We get so fearful, but God wants us to be faithful. He wants to fill you with faith during times of pain and difficulty because some of the greatest growth takes place in our greatest pain. But if we're not looking for it, if we're not stepping out in faith, if we're shrinking back in fear, we're not gonna expand, we're not gonna grow. We're not gonna expand our influence and opportunities that God has for us. In Luke 18, 27, it says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. So what is impossible with you right now? What is that impossible situation that you're facing right now? It's not impossible to God. Nothing is impossible with God. Just know that God still has a purpose, God still has a plan, and nothing is impossible with your God. And so you're a child of God, you walk with your head high, thanking God for who he is and who you are. You're a royal child of the king, the creator of the universe, 
And when you walk with your head high, you pray, God, expand my territory, expand my influence, expand my responsibility for your glory so I can touch more lives. And God loves that kind of prayer. But if in your pain you shrink back in fear, you're not going to have an expansion mentality. You're not going to have a growth mentality. You're going to have a survival mentality. And sometimes when I'm going through pain, I'm just trying to survive. When God wants you to thrive, God wants you to hold your head up high and he wants you to take steps of faith, to take new territory, to take new ground, and this is the time to do it because he'll get all the glory. He'll get all the credit because it'll be his power and his strength. And that brings me to the third thing, ask God for grace. The third part of this one sentence prayer, ask God for grace. In 1 Chronicles 4.10, again, it says that your hand would be with me that your hand would be with me when God blesses you and expands your opportunity and influence and you grow, you better know the third part of this prayer because God's blessing plus expansion equals inadequacy, feeling totally overwhelmed. I mean, when God blesses, when you step out in faith, you're in over your head and that's the way it should be. When you step out in faith, and you're praying this prayer, you better know the third part of the prayer that God, oh, that your hand would be with me because without your hand, I am done. I'm toast. I've gotta have your hand of grace, your hand of strength, your hand of power because without you, I can't do this. I can't do this in and of myself. I'm totally inadequate, but with you, I am qualified. With you, I am more than adequate with your power and your strength. God loves it when we step out in faith and we realize that we can't do it because then we turn to him. We've got to say, God, I need your hand of favor and grace and strength. You see, when you begin to pray this prayer and you open your eyes and you begin to step out in faith, what happens is you come to the end of yourself where you say, I can't do this. This overwhelms me. God, I can't handle this. This is bigger than me. You come to the end of yourself, but it's at the end of yourself that your story really begins. When you come to the end of yourself, that's when God's story kicks in, and you become part of the great story where God uses you with his power and his strength to do something you could have never done in your own strength. It's at the end of yourself that your story really starts. It was at the end of himself that Jabez's story comes to life. God loved it when he prayed, and oh, that your hand would be with me. I pray this prayer constantly. God, oh, that your hand of strength and favor would be on my life, on Chris and I, on our family, on our church, because without you, we can't do anything. But with you, we can do all things through you who strengthen us. And so ask God for his grace, because Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So maybe you've come to the end of yourself. You can't fix the problem. You can't change the situation. You can't change that other person. You can't change that relationship. It seems like everything you try just makes it worse. It's time for you to pray, oh, that your hand, God, would be with me. I need your grace. I need your strength, because grace is the power to change. And God has the power to change you, and to change your situation. We all need God's grace because we're all just trophies of God's grace. That's what the church is. It's just broken people who've come together and have experienced God's grace, the perfect one in our lives. 
Church is not about perfect people. Sometimes people who don't know the Lord say, well, I don't want to go down to church. I mean, all those people, they're perfect. They got it all together, you know, and I'm a mess. And so I don't want to go down there with all those happy people because I'm really sad right now. I'm really hurting. But the church is not a place for perfect people. The church is not even a place for good people. The church is a place for broken people. Because when you know you're broken, that you're fractured at the core, no self-help book is gonna change you from that. No coming up with three or four things that you're gonna do today and goals you're gonna set is gonna change you from that. You need someone to restore you that is greater than you. You need someone, when you know you're broken, you know you need Jesus, the restorer, the healer of brokenness. And so the church is a place for broken people. It's not a courthouse of condemnation. It's a hospital for sinners. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. He said, I didn't come for those who think they've got it all together for the healthy. I came for those who know they're sick with sin and need healing. And so that's what the church is all about. It's not a place for perfect people. It's a place for broken people who are looking to the perfect one for our healing and our restoration. And that's why if you're broken, you ought to join the church. You ought to connect to the church family. We have our membership class today, and you can do it online. You can do it here. We feed you here. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a big class, but today's the day for you to connect. Now, if you're looking for the perfect church, don't join this church because it's not perfect. It's a bunch of broken people, including the pastor. And if that's what you're looking for, a lot of people, you know, they're always looking, I've got to find the perfect church, you know. If I could just find that perfect church, uh, there's no church that's, uh, I've tried, it's really hard. I mean, you know, I'm just looking for the perfect church. If you are looking for the perfect church, if you ever find it, don't join because you'll ruin it because you're not perfect, okay? It won't be perfect anymore because of you. Every once in a while, someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Kerry, I don't really like your church. And I always go, that's okay, I don't like you. So um, it's great. No, I don't say that. I'm a pastor. I think that. I think that. I always think that. It's like, praise God, this person's not going to join, you know? Dodged a bullet with that one, you know? I'm just real nice, and I tell them about all the other great churches. You know, they can join. Um, No, I I don't say that, but, you know, it's it's okay. Who cares? You know, we're a bunch of broken people. We come together, but we got the perfect one who's bringing healing and restoration, and then we're trophies of his grace, and we go out to influence others who are broken to bring them in and say, come on in and be healed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. But then there's a fourth part of this prayer that's really important. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for guidance. In the last part of the prayer, in 1 Chronicles 4.10, he says, oh, that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain, and God granted his request. So when you're blessed, your influence grows, your responsibility grows, Satan hates it, and he will try to derail you. He'll try to misguide you. He'll try to get you to go in the wrong direction. He'll try to get you proud. If he can't keep you from following God with all your heart, he'll try to get you proud that you're following God with all your heart, and he'll say, look at you, you're following God with all your heart, and no one else is as committed as you are. And you'll say, that's right. I'm all out for God, and it seems like most people really aren't. And then pride kicks in, and you're dead in the water. And so Jabez prayed this really important prayer, God, keep me from evil. You'd think that he would have prayed something like, God, help me destroy evil. 
Help me take on evil. Help me clobber evil like a superhero. But no, he says, God, just keep me as far away from it as possible. I wanna go your direction. God, I want you to guide me in my steps so that I don't cause pain to others, but I'm a blessing to everyone around me. God, keep me from evil, protect me. So many times, God has protected me. So many times, God has kept me from going the wrong direction. Sometimes he has to slam the door in my face. But God wants to protect you from evil. God wants to protect you from going the wrong direction. God wants to keep you on his path that gets brighter and brighter till the full day. I want you, though, to look at these last two verses because this is really important. Because when you're going through pain and you're praying, oh, God, bless me a lot, and, and Lord, enlarge my territory and my influence and grow me, grow my business, grow my um, relationships, grow me, Lord Jesus, for your glory so I can be more used for your glory. And oh, that your hand would be with me because without you, I can't do it. I need your strength and your grace. And Lord, guide me in the right direction. Protect me, keep me from evil so that I am going the right way. And you pray that prayer, sometimes you don't see anything at first. Sometimes it feels like it's the same old, same old, the same old painful chapter. It seems like there's another painful chapter, another painful chapter. And you go through what I call the waiting chapters, the waiting room of life where you feel like you're waiting on God. And I love this verse in Habakkuk 2.3 but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. God's timing is always perfect, and so you look for that blessing and you pray for that blessing in the middle of the pain because it's coming. And don't give up. Don't give up because the blessing is just around the bend. It's always darkest before dawn. Don't give up. Keep taking steps of faith. Keep taking steps of faith. That's when you're faithful. You're full of faith rather than being full of fear. You keep taking steps of faith and God opens another door. You take another step of faith. God opens another door. God's timing is always perfect. And could it be that when you think you're waiting on God, you've been praying, God, when are you ever gonna come through? When are you ever gonna come through that really God is waiting on you? He's waiting on you to stop griping and complaining. He's waiting on you to rest in his purpose, knowing that his timing is always perfect. It will not be overdue a single day, a single hour, a single minute, a single second. God's timing is perfect, and that blessing is on its way. So don't give up. Look at the last verse. Galatians chapter six, verse nine, and let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. The harvest of blessing is coming. The harvest of blessing is coming. And the longer the wait, the greater the wave of blessing. It's like the tsunami, when the water gets pulled out and you think that the ocean is gone, that's when you need to run for the hills because the big wave is coming. And the longer the wait for the wave of God's blessing in your life, the more waiting room chapters that are in your life, the greater the wave of blessing that's coming. And pain will not write the final chapter in your life. Pain will not pen the last word because God will have the last word and he will heal 
and he will remove all pain and sorrow and sickness and death. And there'll be no more tears, no more dying, no more death, only life in our eternal story one day. I want us to bow our heads and I want us to pray this prayer that Jabez prayed. And would you commit to praying this every day? For the next month, pray it every day, whatever pain you're going through. So you'll lift your head up and you'll open your eyes and you'll be ready to receive what God has for you. Just pray this prayer if you're a Christ follower, silently in your heart right now to God. Oh God, bless me a lot. I need your blessing desperately. And oh Lord, I pray that you would expand my territory that you would expand and grow my opportunities and influence and responsibility, that you would give me growth, personal growth, and growth in every area of my life so I can make a greater difference for you. And oh, that your hand would be with me. Without your hand of grace, Lord, I, I can't do anything. Oh, that your hand would be with me, your hand of mercy and favor. Oh, that your hand of strength would be with me. And Lord, keep me from evil. Keep me from pride. Help me to follow you and just guide me, Lord. Open doors and close doors and guide me in your paths so I don't cause pain, but that I'm a blessing to everyone around me, beginning with my family. And then if you've never trusted Christ, would you just trust Christ right now? If you've never asked him to save you, Stop trying to save yourself and receive his salvation right now. Just pray this prayer silently to God wherever you are. Jesus Christ, I need you. I know that you're Lord. I ask you to be Lord of my life, to forgive me of all my sins, and I accept your free gift of heaven one day and salvation. I could never earn it or deserve it. I know it's all a gift of your grace, but I receive your gift, and I ask you to change me from the inside out and help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God. And by the way, if you prayed to receive Christ and you're worshiping online, just click that place that it says, raise your hand to receive Jesus. Because our pastors are online right now. They'd love to talk to you about that if you want. Um, we have pastors all around our campuses. We'd love to talk to you about how to grow in Christ if you prayed to receive Christ. But as we give, here's how you give. If you're at one of our campuses, Take out your smartphone right now. Everybody, take out your smartphone at Atascacita at North Point. Here in the Woodlands, take out your smartphone and check on the football score. No, don't check on the football scores. Go right now and go to 77977 and text the word GIVEWC. GIVEWC, one word, GIVEWC to 77977. It'll get you right there. And then you can give since we don't pass the offering basket anymore, that's how you give. Um, and so you can do that online as well, wc.org slash give. And you can get set up for recurrent giving and make it a faithful habit, a discipline where you put God first in your life, no matter what, so that he can bless the rest. Or maybe you wanna just mail in the check, One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. Or you can give stocks, assets, but we just really challenge everyone we can't all give the same amount, but we can all give. 
And as we as the church are stretching more than ever, we're stepping out more than ever to make a difference for Jesus Christ. We're expanding more than ever because where God guides, God provides. And we're meeting the needs of hurting people and there are a lot of hurting people right now. And we're meeting needs with God's grace and God's power. So we just really challenge you to give with God's grace and power and then say, God, fulfill your word and bless me so I can be a greater blessing to others during this time. Well, I want us to stand and I want us to sing this song as a declaration. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe a blessing is coming your way? God wants to meet your needs. God wants to open our eyes. So let's open our eyes this week. Would you pray this prayer Jabez prayed over the next 30 days? Would you pray that every day? Just pray that prayer every day. Those four parts of that prayer. And God loves that prayer. And God says, I want to start doing something in your life that you've never seen before. And so let's praise him because when you thank him in advance, that's called faith. When you thank God after he blesses you, that's called gratitude. And that's really good. We need to be grateful but when you thank him in advance, that's called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Be it done to you according to your faith, Jesus said. Let's put our faith totally in him. Let's sing to the Lord with all our heart. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.